All right, here we are. Fantastic. Well, we have just come to the end of our uh, series on the motivational gifts, the seven motivational gifts gifts found in Romans yeah. chapter 12. And it's been an awesome series, if I can say so, Pastor Rod. Really enjoyed it. And I know many people were blessed by it. And so I thought it'd be good to just um, end this series with a bit of a conversation, ask some questions yeah. that maybe still people have and, and just interact on that. So uh, thanks for your time, Pastor Rod. Great to be with you and, and great to talk about this area, motivational gifts. Everyone should go, wow, what does it say about me? Come on, love it. Um, so if you haven't listened to the series yet, go back, check out some of the stuff because Pastor Rod does a deep dive in each of the different gifts. But today we just kind of talk a bit more broadly. Um, so i got a few questions, Pastor Rod, to ask you. Sure. And the first one I'd just like to drill down on a bit is that why, why did God give us these gifts? What are these gifts given for? What's the purpose of having these gifts in our lives? Well, we, we as believers in Jesus believe that um, our lives are not here by chance. Um, we're here by the plan and the will of God, which these two words keep appearing in the New Testament. God has a, a perfect plan for us and God has a desire for us. And we, dis, we discover that, that God is very personal, very involved in us. He created us. He wanted us. And with that creation, he also wanted us to do something great in our lives. So the whole thing of our life and gifting and purpose is a, is a package. So when we look at gifts from God, we realize um, we need to know we have them. We can discover them. And when we use them, we feel fulfilled. So that's a big question and a big answer all in that package. Mm-hmm. But as a pastor for 35, 40 years now, um, I've just seen this incredible impact when people realize that they're gifted and called. It's a huge difference uh, in people's lives and the way they live their lives. So when we discover um, we're in for a treat, we're in for a thrill and a journey. Um, so it's it's huge, and 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 here in in Japan we love the scripture Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which says it says I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to give you a future and a hope, and not for evil. So we hear this heart of God, heart of the Father, to give gifts to us. So big question, big answer, I guess. Yeah, love it. Um, very good. Um, so I think following up on that. Um, I think a question a lot of people struggle with is how do I, how can I be confident that I have a gift? How can I be confident to say, I, God has given me the gift of leadership or the gift of servant or whichever one it is. How do we, how can we grow into confidence to know that we have been given uh, a gift? Well, I think we have to believe God's word above our own experience or feelings. Um, we've got to look at God's word and this scripture, even in, in Romans 12, it talks about all and everyone, um, by the spirit, all of us have gifts and we need to believe that we need to believe God's word over, let's talk about experience. You know, some people feel they might've been bullied or, um, confidence taken out of their life by an experience at school or in sport or even in the family. And we need to come back and say no to God has given us a gift, at least one. So we have to believe God's word. Um, and also our mind sometimes is, is a bit of a struggle 
um, when we lack confidence or uh, something wrong goes happens in work or uh, in studies and we don't do well at something and there's this temptation to think I'm not good I'm I'm not called I'm, I'm no one so the way we battle that is by speaking God's word you know this uh, these scriptures in Romans 12 um, in verse 3 it says because of God's gracious gift to me I say to every one of you and he goes on with this whole dialogue of gifts and um, it's gracious, a gracious gift means free gift, free gift. So we've got to believe, I think is the answer. We've got to believe God's word over our own experience, even over some words spoken over our lives. So you'll never be good at this or no one will ever want you. Or these words need to be rejected and we need to insert or impart God's truth that you, you are gifted. You just need to discover it. And I think a lot of people who would say that have not yet fully unwrapped the gift, unwrapped the package, which we're talking about, <laughs> that, that you can. So I would say you need to get God's word. You need to speak God's word. You need to be a believer that God hasn't left you behind. Um, we love that, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. What it means is I'm not left behind. I'm not, I'm not the one left out of this i am in the giftings we've got to believe it we've got to believe these scriptures and how many how many more times can i say it as a pastor you've got to believe it you just got to believe it you've got to receive it and uh i pray right now by the holy spirit you will know you are gifted love it um so what about let's say we get that i'm gifted god's given me a gift but let's talk about more the discovery of which of these gifts am I gifted in and maybe which am I not? Um, I think when I was a, when I was young and I, I learned about these seven motivational gifts, I thought it was like a, a yes or a no, a zero or a hundred. Like I have the gift or I don't have the gift. Um, is it that black and white or is it a bit more fluid? <laughs> There's a lot more to it. I think these are only, you know, when Paul writes this in Romans 12, it's, it's, a, it's a list. He's writing a list and, and he's wanting us to go, ah, ah, no, no, no. Ah. He's wanting us to have a reaction, mm. an actual reaction as we read the. Now, we, we need to understand the original language because some of it is unusual. But um, I think it should have a response in our heart or an interest or a curiosity. I think mm. curiosity is so important. And that's why we do the... The, the gifting uh, assessment in our grow course, which is at, at Lifehouse's um, like 101 introduction to Lifehouse. And there's a, an assessment of these seven gifts. And so I don't think anyone's a, a zero or anyone's a, a, a 10, except mm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 10 and all. He's, ten, he's, ten, he's ten, got ten. it all. <laughs> um, and even as we talk about this is my, my number one gift, it might not be a 10, but it is giving us guidance Mm. And, and I think instead of being, as you said, zero or 10, probably on a, on a graph, we'd all be up and down. Mm. Or if it was a circular um, sort of graph, we'd see where we're, we're, we're ebb and flow or in and out. And um, I, don't, I don't think it's meant to discourage us. I think it's meant to just say, hey, I'm, I'm, well, these are called motivational gifts. We start to get motivated mm. to or curious to investigate that and, 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 and start to feel good about that. You know, I think these gifts are meant mm. for us to look at and go, Oh, 
that's that looks interesting or and another one is very interesting too is over time and as people mature in 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 jobs and in relationships it their assessment can actually change a bit mm-hmm. as they learn confidence they have experience they have other friends around connect group leaders and others around them saying yeah that you you did really well in that and there's sort of like a, a life discovery experience and um so what, what what can I say? It's it's a life of discovery, but I think there should be curiosity, there should be discovery, there should be um, satisfaction mm-hmm. as we discover these gifts. Um, something else that's interesting is sometimes I might have a, a gift, but it's not a motivational gift. In other words, I could be really good at something, but I'm not going to align my life and studies to that. Mm. And I'm not going to get my, my job life there because it's probably not going to last. Right. Um, so for example, I was good at maths in high school. <laughs> and uh, when I went to university, I, I started to study um, economics. I didn't enjoy it. Nothing wrong with economics and those who do it and love it. We need you. <laughs> mm. It just wasn't my motivational gift. I had a gift, but it wasn't lasting in mm. job life. And so the question you're asking is so big. It's, it's up, up and down, in and out. But in all of that, we start to focus on a few things that go, you know what? I'm really curious about that. It's a good word, curious. I'd like to mm. investigate that. I'd like to try that. At church, I'd like to be on that dream team. I'd like to discover that. I'd like to ask someone what they think about that. And we actually, motivational gifts start to m- make sense with life experience. Love that. So that would be probably a very good starting point for people who are just beginning to discover these gifts is which of these gifts excites you or makes you curious. That's a very good starting point for people. So love I it. think so. I, I, I hadn't thought about that word curious before, but I've been thinking mm. about it a lot. Like, mm. you know, the word uh, curious means what's that? Or mm. what, what would that mean? Or they're talking to you, Lewis, what, what does that mean? And so, so there's a curious, there's a, there's questions and there's, Mm. the desire to know more about that. What did that gift really mean? And mm. you were talk, talking before about um, someone involved in care but wanted to do leadership. And so asking people, what does leadership mean? And, and could what could that mean in the caring industry? Um, because some people in the caring industry actually head towards administration. Um, we've got many in our church who have started off as carers and and did studies towards administration or HR or so they're still interested in the area, but it's a particular corner mm. of that area. And then others would would go the other way, start more in business or in uh, administration and head more towards actually hands-on care. Um, this is called life experience. Yeah. And and I just think, yeah, the curiosity into areas. Mm. And I, I guess we'll talk about it in a minute, but where I'm not doing well, being curious about that too, not being mm. defeated. Yeah, is a big part of where I'm not motivated. As I just said a moment ago, with maths, I like maths, but it's not going to be my career. And so, curious why I'm not interested in maths. You, you know what I mean? Like it's actually mm. looking into it. And I don't think this is being selfish. Some people say, oh, "Isn't this like a, you know, discover yourself selfishness?" And I, I would say, "Well, no, not if it's life. Yeah, um, if it's studies and life and people and serving in church, it's." It's 
it's healthy discovery at that point. Yeah, and that's actually what one of the best ways we can help people and bless and serve is by discovering our gifts and, and using our gifts and being better in our gifts, isn't it? So, Absolutely. As leaders, I think we need to observe and encourage people um, in many, many, I'm sure the same with yourself, Lewis. Um, many times I've said to someone, you did really well at that. Did you notice that? And they go, me, um, mm. especially here in Japan where people are very sort of humble um, and not wanting to say, yeah, I did well. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they sort of push it away. Yeah. And as a leader, you've got to say, actually, did you enjoy that? And they, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you actually did really well at that. And so I think um, as leaders, we need to help people um, understand what is success in, in, in little things and increasing because it could help them spark and go, you know what? I really enjoyed that and I'm good at that. And there's a, yeah, we're helping the whole discovery as leaders. Great. Love it. Fantastic. Um, well, I think we'll move on to another question here, um, kind of related, but what do, what do we do with the areas that we're maybe like you say, we're discovering we're not gifted in. Um, what do we do about those areas? And especially when those areas are a part of our job description. Um, so it's not something we can just choose not to do. It's yeah. part of our job. Um, what do we do in that, in, in those situations? How can we work through there and grow in those areas? Well, in every job, there's things we don't like. So we're not saying here, if you don't like something, quit your job. That is, that is really, that's <laughs> irresponsible actually. And I think that especially as we grow in life and married, have kids, we can't just quit jobs. So, and you'll quit every uh, job you'll ever get. If that's yeah. what <laughs> um, I, I can think of one of the, um, the girls in our office and, and she was doing a job that I, I thought didn't look very interesting. And I asked her about it and she said, this is the, this is what I, this is my best job. And so we've got to be very careful. We don't prejudge people's ups and downs, but we ask questions. So if someone's not doing well, we need to ask the question, are you not enjoying that? Or you, do you need more training? And mm. sometimes they would like to do better. Um, and if they did a bit of study or a bit of help, they would do better. But I think you're talking about truly the areas that drain us. And this is a, a word I would probably bring in here. Mm. Jobs that drain us. Um, and, you know, as, as a pastor of many, many, many years, um, I've done hundreds of hours of uh, counseling people from the word of God. And I think I've done a good job and I've been faithful and I've helped a lot of people, but I'd say it's not my, my top gift. So I've discovered that I must counsel. There's no question. I just have to, and I do it often. But the best thing for me is if I start to train others in counseling that love to counsel, mm. um, and put them into courses and training and overseer and feedback. So I can't withdraw from something that's not my top gift. I must um, help other people into that gift. And in a church, we talk, we have dream teams and dream teams are serving teams and the serving team leaders are there to help people to discover where they're strong and not so strong. And so I, I think it's not just pastors. I think it's leaders, coaches, uh, connect group leaders, small group leaders, dream team leaders, anywhere where you have any leadership, you must be helping people 
in this area because a lot of people are struggling with jobs they don't like. And so sometimes I hear people say, I, I don't like this. And I say, well, sorry, you've got to do it. Um, <laughs> it, it there's no job that's perfect um, unless you're a, at, at the end of your career. I, I think that we have to understand, we all have to do things we don't like, but the concept of understanding I don't like it and then being able to train out of it or train someone else into it is mm. a great process in any office space that should be happening with um, yearly um, discussions with the bosses and job descriptions and moving towards our strengths is a luxury of success. Um, it's a reward mm. for doing well that I'm able to transition out of the jobs I'm not motivated and transition into the jobs I am. But when you're a junior, you just mm. got to do it. And, okay. and I'm not saying, I'm not saying stay in a bad job all the time. Mm. I'm not saying that, but just know as you start, if you look at um, every, every day, every month is a, is discovery. Mm. Um, hopefully you can start to transition out of jobs that are not fruitful. And the way you do that is transition into jobs. You're very fruitful mm-hmm. and, and believe that the boss or the company will observe that and reward that. And if the bosses just are not interested in that, well, that's, that's a different question. Mm. So I, I, we're dancing around a lot of issues here of life. Mm. Um, and I'm thinking through my own experience of this. Um, you know, when I was in sales, I was good at face-to-face sales, but afterwards I had to go and sit in a car and write reports. Mm. Um, and I hated it. Um, <laughs> but I did it because I was a faithful Christian and I had to do it. Um, but six months later, when I had to go and see that client again, I looked at my notes. It was so helpful that I right. realized, you know, when, when, when I have to do a job I don't like, it actually is going gonna, gonna to bless me. It's going to bless my, my future. And that did help me. And that's an example, I think, of, you know, I'm not going to be, an, personally, I will not be an administrator, but I need to understand the power of administration. Um, so even in my weakness, getting team around, talking to people, doing jobs helps. Um, so I hope I've, I've covered bases here. You can't just quit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, if, if you do that, you're going to be a, a, a hopper. You know, mm. or we we'll call a butterfly that's always around, and it's very hard to do well in one thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know any other questions bouncing uh, off that. that I didn't no, there's so many cover. good stuff there because I think you the example. Let's go back to the example of you counselling that it's not your main area of gift, or your it's not you wouldn't want to have Monday to Friday nine to five counselling all day. Um, but because you learnt that skill and became good at it, you were then able to train and equip other people who can do it better for you. But if you just pulled back and said, I'm not going to counsel because it's not my gifting, you wouldn't have been able to build a team around you to do it well. So, Especially in something in church so important as counseling, biblical mm. counseling, which is bringing God's word to, to bring solutions. Um. I think we've got to build, we've got to discover those who have the gift, in this case, gift of mercy would be mm. num- the number seven on the list, the seven out of seven motivational gifts. Doesn't mean the last, it, it just, it's just one of the seven. That I've got to find those people 
and train those people and also give those people some guidelines um, because mercy people often um, without guidelines can burn out. So as a leader, I've got to understand the strengths and weaknesses of training people and giving them the tools that they will love their lives. They will Mm. be in in counseling long-term and um, everyone gets helped. Everyone grows. The church is happy and you know what I'm saying? So, mm. so the role of leadership is to empower all seven gifts. This, in this case, in church, but if it was in caregiving, um, it was in an old people's home or in, um, you know, uh, troubled children's home or whatever it is. The leader has to help the people to know that they're valuable, mm. really needed. But there's also guidelines in strengths and weaknesses of your gift. So um, I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that I can actually help people in my weakness mm. and they excel and everybody's happy. Love it. It's great. So it's almost like by not running away from your weaknesses, but taking those on and, and diving into them, you're actually going to discover some of your own new gifts and help other people discover and flourish in their gifts in, in, in that time. So love it. It's great stuff. Um, but let's, let's go there with the whole job. What if you are in this job where it, it doesn't line up with your gifts at all? And Monday to Friday, all day, you're doing this draining work that you're not passionate about and it doesn't seem to be any change coming in the near future. Um, what should someone in that situation, what should they do? Well, they've got to do two things. One is they've got to keep showing up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and two, they've, while they're showing up, they've got to have motivation, finding motivation to study, learn, increase, or maybe be transferred within the company. Um, I think that number one, you've got to keep showing up. I, I, I'm a firm believer that you should, you should um, not make quick decisions, especially if you are the breadwinner in your family or you bring home the major wage that's, you know, like people, things like mortgage and food is dependent on your work. You, you can't just quit. Mm. So you've got to learn coping mechanisms, which for me is waking up in the morning, going to the word of God, getting my heart right, um, getting a little word from God and, and going out in faith saying, God help me. Great. Now, by the end of the day, I'm still probably tired, but I've got to have habits that get me through the day, coping mechanisms. Um, I would say one little exception there. If, if your mental health is really affected by your workplace, it, it might be time to leave. And I think um, in some countries, there is huge damage done by certain uh, leadership styles. Mm. I, I would say, look for another job tonight, like go yeah. on the internet tonight and start looking at gig economies and what could I do here? Like, like don't quit to nothing quit to something or at night do studies mm. um, in, in Lifehouse. We've got all these um, uh, courses we can do. You run one of them, how to start an online business. And yeah. uh, there's, there's design and there's uh, video editing and um, Bible uh, and um, music, music production. And we've got others coming. The concept right now is um, developing passion or motivation, finding, doing that in your spare time. Um, so I would advise people, unless it's damaging to your health, um, stay there, but every night have a, have a little goal, learn, grow, 
um, because you have to go from some finance to another finance or else it's going to get really hard. Now, there is another exception here I want to talk about, and that is if you're in a job that your family have forced you to be in, you have to kindly work at a solution. Mm. Um, and so having chats with your parents about other areas of motivation, and I'm going to study this, but they will probably be upset and want you to stay in the job. So you've got to work through that with God and with wisdom. Um, again, I'm not, not telling anyone quit. I'm just saying develop your other skills at the same time. And um, I think the younger you are, um, go for it. Go for it while mm. you're young, while you're not married or don't have children because you don't have the same financial restraints yeah. as if you're married with two kids and it's going to be a very different decision. So the younger and, and less responsibilities you have, go for discovery. Mm. Um, and the older you get, I'm sorry, it's going to be harder. Although I think people like your course in online um, business development, and there's, there's many more for this, this, this generation, mm. um, but that's your personal time. You can't, you can't do that in your full time when you're getting older. So yeah. we talked about while well, timeline here is so different. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. So if you're stuck in a job as a young person, lots of options. If you're stuck in a job as a middle-aged person, less options, but still work at it. Yeah. And if you're stuck in a job as an old person, I guess you're just going to hang in there till your retirement. Um, <laughs> I watched my dad do that. Right. And that's why as a young person, I said, I, I don't want to do that because my dad mm. was in the banking industry. Nothing wrong with that, but he didn't like it. And um, every time I was with him, he complained. Mm. And I, I would say, dad, why don't you quit? He said, no, I'm, I'm nearer my retirement now. So I get that. I understand that. But I also saw, um, you know, dad sort of with lots of giftings, not fulfilling his, his dreams. Mm. So I could not say to him, quit, and I wouldn't. But the older you get, it is harder. Mm. And I'd say, once again, young people, look at your options. Discover, learn, grow. Um, this is your time. Love it. That's great. Fantastic stuff. Um, so I think um, I just want to finish up with one more question around prophecy. Um, so I think out of the seven gifts, maybe this is the most understood or the most mistalked about, um, especially in our daily life. So what does the prophetic gift look like at work, in our families, our workplaces, our studies? What does it look like worked out in our, our daily life? Well, I think we need to define prophecy and it, New Testament prophecy, you know, Jesus' time, Paul's time, writing the New Testament prophecy was different than Old Testament. Prophecy doesn't mean getting angry. It doesn't mean getting judgmental. In fact, if I want to, I want to read to you, because I knew you were going to ask this question, I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. It says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. And it's talking about edifying or lifting. So I wanted to find prophecy is it must lift. Uh, once I've said that, there's something edgy about the prophetic gift. There's something there with time and sight and seeing. So I would say um, an example of prophetic people are able to see trends, able to, mm. to read maps, able to read charts and graphs and statistics. And they may not be super, super great at 
addition or multiplication, but they can understand a data table and able to see. So you're going to have people in trading and in, in some areas of banking, investments, etc., who have this gift and other people who are very musical, able to see notes and see this or very athletic, um, able to see movements. Um, they're, they're ahead of the curve. Somehow they're getting something from God that's a bit ahead of the curve. And so I think the prophetic gift is seeing and feeling something. Um, they can see music, rhythms, patterns. Um, they, they, they can see early and they can see something, but they don't see the whole thing. Mm. It's gut, the gut responses. I, I remember um, uh, Jack Welsh, the, 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 old, the older um, uh, CEO of um, General Electric, always talking about this, that great leaders lead by their gut. And I think there's just something of the prophetic in, in business, seeing future. Um, but you don't have to be in that. You could be just, you know, in, in, a, in a small business or something and you're just seeing trends. You're talking to people, understanding people. There's just something there that you can bring lift and opportunity. It is a strange one, but I think when we, we put it back to its concept, the word prophecy actually means speaking ahead or saying mm. something ahead of its time. And I, I think New Testament prophecy is a wonderful gift, and many people do have this gift. And I think um, if I'm saying this and you're excited by it, and actually when I did that study on prophecy, there were a few people that responded, said, thank you. Um, I remember one girl from the Philippines said, I, I, I've been doing online business for a while and I, I didn't know um, I was good at it. And when I heard you're speaking about prophecy, I said, that's it. God's given me this gift. Mm. And it really encouraged her to understand. Now, that doesn't mean she knew everything. It didn't mean God showed her everything. It's not uh, future telling. It's seeing something of the pathway ahead early. Mm. And I think that's great. And you could be a teacher with the, that gift and seeing something in children. You could be, a, um, you know, obviously a parent with that gift and seeing something in your children. And you know, mm. it's got many applications um, as long as we bring it back to normal life. I mm. think it's got great application. But it's not that person who is negative or critical. That's not it. If, mm. you, if you think I'm, I'm prophetic because I'm critical, you've missed the point. You're critical because you're critical. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but prophetic gift is positive, uplifting. Mm. And um, I think that um, in most businesses, you're going to have those people and you'd probably say to them, what do you think about that? And they're probably going to say, well, you know, and even say things you don't want to hear, but yeah, yeah, mm. you're, you're probably right about that. And uh, mm. so you can even, prophetic people can even see things that are not great. Um and, and that's why they need others in the team to bring balance. We all, we all need balance. Not, not one gift is, a, is an island in itself. That's great. Um, might get in trouble for this question, but can prophetic gift help you know your wife's going to get upset at you before she gets upset at you? These are called motivational gifts, so you can be motivated to pray for that. <laughs> Probably just more wisdom, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Observation, wisdom. Observation. And, and if you've got that gift, um, work it out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, it's so, yeah, so much good stuff, Pastor Ron. Um, 
I think this has been very helpful. I'm inspired again. I found it very helpful. And I, I know that everyone watching has had a great time listening. So any just um this is coming this is the official end of the series, I guess. Um yeah. so any just last thoughts or encouragement you'd like to give to people? These gifts are from the Holy Spirit. They're from God who loves you, who designed you, who planned you, who wanted you, and has given you gifts. As you discover them over time, you'll be filled with satisfaction and you'll do purpose, the purpose that God has made you born. This is really important stuff, and I encourage you to keep learning, discovering, growing in your strengths, and giving the weaknesses to others around you if you can. Um, life is good. Life is good. And I just also last also want to say, in your church, discover where you can serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100 verse 2, serve the Lord in your gift with gladness, and you will be a, a happy person. God bless you all. Amen. See you soon. See ya, guys.